Hey, Adam. Yeah. Do you like jazz? No. Do you know how to define jazz? No. Well, why are we doing this episode? I have no idea. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. And uh, we, we, have, we got a big question. We kind of put it out there today, right? I know. So uh, Sarah Page McCorkle asks uh, via Facebook, because we are still streaming. We're streaming live. Yeah. But not if you're listening to this or watching it. No. This is like, but we're, gonna we're do in two this, places at one time. We're going to do this once a week. So tune in next week. We'll send it in the email right. uh, for this week. And <laughs> Which I've was already, actually I've last gone, week. Yeah, I've gone cross-eyed. So keep yep. keep an ear out for when we do these Facebook streams. Oh, you you. You'll hear your, it. Keep an ear <laughs> out. You'll hear it. I feel you. So we have a couple questions. Uh, we can take one from Sarah Page. We can okay. take one from Anita, our good friend Anita Jackson. And, and the first one from Sarah Page is a big question, but it's, uh, you know, let's see if we can make it happen. It's pretty much what is jazz or what makes something jazz, right? How is the piece defined as jazz? Yeah. What are the critical elements? What is jazz? Right. Well, let's, I like, we love to get critical. We consider ourselves um, amateur critics right here. We're, yeah. we're, we're our own worst critics, yeah. I might add as well. <clears throat> First of all, we could talk about the label. We've talked about that before. The word. Blue Note, um, <laughs> Impulse, the label. The word jazz. Okay, the yeah. The label of jazz. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about that first. Are we pro, is the official line for the You'll Hear podcast, are we pro-jazz or anti-jazz as a word? Or as a word? Somewhere in the middle. As a word, it's something we have to use and, right. and to, to, for the broader audience, but yeah. it's not something we're totally for. It's like gasoline in the vehicle. You, you, you got to put it. Not my car. Not my car. All electric, <laughs> hashtag plant-based. But this is the thing. We, yeah, we, we, we don't, we, we, we have to use it, but we know it's not the right thing. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about what it is and the critical, I mean, I like the way that, that, uh, Sarah Page is, is kind of framing this as the critical elements, right? I would say that, and, and this is in no particular order. I'm just going to jump in there with improvisation. I think improvisation is the number one element that dude i just said no particular order you're like yeah number one no, and I, but i'm putting an order on it i <laughs> okay. specifically i meant to draw a line in the sand because don't you think that the and it's really the skill of being able to improvise in that way makes a player sound as if they're not trained in jazz but it, it gives it, it, it I'm not, I'm not sure I'm, I know I'm not describing it correctly, but it's like, you know it when you hear it, right? Yeah. When someone's able to improvise the way that a lot of great jazz musicians can, there's just a feeling that happens that's different than any other music, even other improvised music. Right. Um, but improvisation is a must for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, so that, yeah, I mean, it goes into the category of like other music. That's why we're going to talk about the other elements um, are not necessarily jazz, but they include improvisation. Um, but just really typifying not only the sound, because a lot of times people, you know, I think the listeners, it's something that they connect with from, you know, not necessarily a technical understanding, and they shouldn't, but this idea of like, wow, you guys seem so free the way that you're, you know, just making it up as you go, not only as a solitary thing, the way we think of like a improvised solo, but just in general, like they don't know really what, and they don't need to know the listener, what parts improvised and what part isn't. Cause, because, and I, but I know it is interesting to them because a lot of times like what percentages are, are you improvised? That's a common question that we get. Yeah. How much of it is improvised? And so sometimes as we know in different, I mean, that could be anything from like 
5% of it's improvised to 99% of some things or even 100% are improvised. Yeah. Know? And a it's a difficult thing to even really say because in, in some ways nothing is actually totally improvised in that we've played everything at some point or somebody else has played it really. All the notes have been played. Yeah. But that spirit of improvisation, super important. Yeah, there's also a sound I think that comes from the, the lineage yeah. of jazz that's happened before. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me... You know, you can hear if someone has studied uh, the history of the music, mm -hmm. and that makes it sound more like jazz. And I just want to—I also want to exactly. Like no, 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 no. But the I want to say coming too, out jazz police. I want to say Sarah Page. And actually, for most musicians, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, they don't define themselves as anything right uh, like that. You would never say. I mean, not you would never, but to say like I, I'm a jazz musician. It's more like I'm a musician who plays jazz, who loves jazz. Right. Um, if you say anything at all like that. Yeah, but I think that, yeah, that historical context, that lineage that really we, we would say that all great jazz players bring to the table in, in, in varying amounts. But that's something that connects the listeners with the history of the music, with the playing of the music, with all these other elements that we're saying in a very important and authentic way. Again, not even maybe consciously knowing or hearing that, but it certainly is important. So I would agree with that one. Um, okay, so that's improv and lineage. I would say <laughs> the next one would be blues. And yeah. this one's kind of a funny thing because we'd say, wow, I always thought of blues being more of an important element of the blues, which is another genre. But as we know, it's such an important, integral part of you know, several of the sort of technical building blocks of jazz music. Um, I think any kind of critical analysis of it that doesn't have this towards the top of the list would really be lacking. Um, and you know, the, how the blues is manifested in jazz playing is, is very uh, complicated and interesting, but you, you think about in terms of melodically, for mm -hmm. sure, mm -hmm. you know, specific things like bluesy ways of playing, and then the harmonic kind of um, um, inclusion of the blues is more about sort of like the blues scale, but also like this flatted fifth with the fifth and the minor third with the third. But again, to just the listener, it's that kind of bluesy sound, probably harmonically is the main way, but it is manifested through the melodies that we play. But then rhythmically, there's a real rhythmic way of, of, of bringing the blues into your playing at the appropriate time that defines it really as much as the harmonic. So I think for players, what's important to know about that is like, you might be like, well, I know the blues scale, so I've already got that element. But no, it's more of like a sensibility. And I think, uh, I think it was Leroy Jones that I first read that, um, man, it might have been Gunther Schuller, one of the great jazz critics or writers, where they talked about blue sensibility, you know, and I thought that was just kind of a pretentious way of saying I don't know what, but then later on I kind of started to understand it. It meant like kind of an attitude and way of playing that encompassed all those elements of music filtered through the blues, but in the jazz context. Yeah, I think it's crucial. Sarah Page has a little follow-up question. She says, but the Grammys have a jazz category. <laughs> so that that's actually an interesting way to define it because yeah. I think those industries um, and those industry in institutions, yeah. they have to define it. It, yeah. it behooves them to make little boxes yeah. of things. And I think that's fine. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, a lot of times people that. are like, music has no boundaries. Of course not. You know, love has no boundaries. But, you know, you got to put a ring on it like Beyonce ah. said. So <laughs> hello. Uh, All right. Yeah. So I was, I was going to say we should uh, thank you, Sarah Page, for the question. Thanks, everybody here for tuning into the Wait, Facebook page. No, not yet. We okay. have another question from Anita Jackson. <laughs> Wait, did we define jazz enough? I'm nervous, man. We no. Three elements. There's no, de there's no definition. Oh, yeah. Jazz has no boundaries. Okay, good. That's how we're going to get out of that one. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I just, I don't. Yeah. I mean, how are we going to keep a daily podcast going if we give out all the information every day? Come on, <laughs> man. All right, cool. All right, what's the next but question? But I think those three things are actually the essential 
I think they're good for yeah. me. You know, there are other things you could throw in there, but those Ooh, groove, groove. Yes. Well, but even that is like yeah, because I would never want to be like swing is inessential. Because what if it doesn't have a swing groove? It does not mean it's not jazz. Although when I was at Jazz Congress, there was a big vote on that. People would disagree with you, but I agree with you. <laughs> All right, you're trying to pull us out before we fall down the slippery slope. All right, what's the next question? All right, so uh, Anita Jackson, <laughs> yes. uh, the wonderful, wonderful vocalist and friend of ours. Amazing vocalist. Amazing. I will be making some music with on Thursday. Very excited about oh, that. Oh, nice. Yeah. She asked, what are a few things that inspire you when you're composing a full album? And I know why she's asking this, because Anita is making her album right now. Ah. Getting ready for doing it. Doing a little intel, a little, yeah. little, little, little homework. I hear you. Um, well, I think for me... You know, things that inspire me is like the opportunity to put together kind of a whole set of music, you know, um, that makes sense together. Not just necessarily like sometimes we'll write tunes or play tunes or pull things out or play other people's tunes. But the opportunity to when, when you have that kind of control to really like put something together that would be edifying to the listener and to the players to play from beginning to end. Now, I don't know if many people actually still listen to albums from beginning to end, um, but I think within the jazz world and the jazz genre, it probably happens more than almost anywhere because we still make records. I believe there's a lot of, I mean, when we talked, uh, was it yesterday about the, the Grammys? Mm -hmm. You know, all the, most of those records like really will reward the listener for like patient listening all the way through. And so I always try to make my albums with that in mind because that's the way I like to listen to good records. I don't like to, I mean, sometimes, yeah, I want to go to one track, but I love just sitting down and just vibing out on entire records. So I kind of reverse engineering that process that really inspires me to think about, you know, not just like composing or selecting or arranging really interesting tunes, but thinking about like, where does, what's the trajectory of the overall story of the album? Kind of like a set, like we would do, yeah. you know, and putting a set together, I look at it very much like, where do you want to take the listeners on the journey? Not just within the tune with a different arc of the souls, but like as a complete, sim not symphony, but like story. Yep. And I think the, w the best way for me to do that anyway, is that you start, pulled way back yeah you know from a very broad uh brush and you say what exactly what you said what am i trying to say but then you make decisions going in and in and in and in down to the tiniest detail and i think that's the crucial part mm. is with that you know sort of um you have that that broad thought in mind like the, the whatever the theme it doesn't even have to be like specific like here's a theme but whatever yeah. you want out of this album uh, just musical. the musical vision you have for the album every decision you make from the track order to the the, the compositions you write to uh, the way it sounds to the way to who's playing on it down to the notes you play down to the font on the the cover why helps translate that vision why you know and if you have that Micro one manager <laughs> no, no, no. But if you have but that, it's the chance to do that. If you have yeah. that over overarching that, you know, from above big picture philosophy and, and, and that's like, this is what I, this is what it's going to be because this is what I want to make right now. And you just keep pulling in, pulling in. It kind of writes itself. Like it all happens a lot easier that way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So good stuff. All uh, right. And then now the one more question. This yeah. is probably the easiest question yeah. that we're ever going to have. Do you think Oscar Peterson is just a player with chops? No. You'll hear it. <laughs> um, look, that's kind of a... I, I have the feeling that's from David. Thank you for that. I, I, I'm pretty sure you don't believe that. I can tell from the tone of it. It's a, what would you call it, rhetorical question? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know how this thing... I've actually never met a pianist or a, a listener or anybody with ears that has ever actually said, oh, Oscar Peterson is just chops. 
I mean, there's this sort of legend of of people saying this, yeah. like in discounting. Have you ever heard heard him? Maybe that's what they used to say. Have you ever heard anyone that like discounted his extreme musicality? No. Yeah. I mean, he, he you know, it's it's like anybody um, in any genre, or even in athletics or in the sciences, or whatever. When you're extremely skilled in the technical side of your instrument, and like you're so proficient, like Oscar Peterson is, it's the very base level to be like, oh, he's just chops and no music. But if you hear him play and you hear all the, I mean, we talk about the elements, you know, improv, lineage, and the blues. I mean, he's just dripping and all those things. He just happens to be a seriously technically and you know adept pianist as well. And yeah. does he play a lot of notes that if other people play that many notes, it would be a little bit noted and duly noted and noteworthy? Yes, and and maybe overly that sentence noted. had a lot of notes. It was yeah, duly noted, my friend. But I mean. You know, for Oscar Peterson, you got to understand, you can't take all those notes. First of all, you're not going to be able to play them. But even if you played that many notes, it's probably not going to be as musical as he was doing it, and it's not going to work. I heard him on some of those live recordings with Ella Fitzgerald, like basically play solo on top of Ella's improvisation, but it somehow works. Yeah. It's so it's almost like counterpoint stuff. So I think that that his his extreme technique and noteworthiness was always that I heard filtered through an extreme level of just swing yeah. and musicality and just interesting blues and which is like a tour de force of jazz piano. You know what's interesting? He's the only person I mean I have heard people say this about him that people that I don't think you know might understand the full scope of his 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 playing yeah but why don't you ever hear this about like art tatum or chick korea you know right. what i mean like yeah. those guys have loads bud powell of bud powell monster chops yeah. and no one ever says like is uh is chick korea Brad just Milda. all chop yeah exactly yeah. is they just, are they just all chops i don't know what it is about oscar but i mean his chops are just i mean because he was not afraid to play a lot of notes on, on i mean but although neither was art tatum and certainly chick korea at times and phineas newborn lenny tristano i mean all those guys played a lot of notes and right. and are considered artistic geniuses as i think uh, oscar should be as yeah well. it's always a combination and i mean the, the technical side is is rarely the most important and and there's so many different ways to look at it thelonious monk is someone that I think wrong, wrongfully so was always seen as, is always seen as not a very, uh, not having great technique at the piano. He had very unorthodox te technique. It always seemed to me like he was, he adapted his technique to fit his very unique and kind of quirky sound that he wanted to get out of the instrument. But if we look at technique as not just being able to play fast things in the more traditional way, but be able to control the instrument and make it sound like what you want it to sound like, then if you look at it through that lens, then uh, then Thelonious Monk had a very advanced technique. I think Oscar Peterson was hearing most of that stuff, if not everything he was playing. Yeah. It wasn't just because he could do it. You yeah. know, I mean, it's kind of like when Michael Michael Jordan would go up for a dunk and his tongue is out and he's slamming it down and then you could be like, oh, why is he being a showman and stuff? I don't know. It kind of fit his style of play and he was win winning, winning. <laughs> Oscar Peterson solos, Absolutely. winning. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in on Facebook Live. We're going to do this uh, kind of on a regular basis. Yeah. And, uh, and we can thank people for tuning into the podcast, the old school style too. Oh yeah, just just the whole old school audio podcast. Yeah, but you know what? I think we have some folks out there that have been listening and listening and listening, and we love that. But it might be time for them to go smash that like button, or maybe leave a rating, and maybe even if you've got an extra twenty seconds. I know you guys are busy. Yeah, Everyone's yeah, yeah. doing stuff. A little review. That'd be nice. A little seven star rating and review. Um, I'm back on that, man. That'd be very very nice. Yeah. Uh, well, so a couple of, of house cleaning details. Okay. Uh, we're still taking um, uh, ideas for our closing credits song. Oh, yeah. That's coming up soon. Yeah. Right? And so next week we're going to actually start 
playing them at the end credits here of the You'll Hear okay. It podcast. Andrew has them all lined up. Thank you, everybody, for sending in your tunes. We had some I gotta good say, stuff. Really good stuff, yeah. man. Like, you got some players out there that players. listen to this podcast. I know, Holy I know. Like, mackerel. I mean, I knew we had an intelligent audience, you know, just from the different questions and the interactions we've had. But we have a very talented audience as well. Very proud of that. And really humbled that, like, folks that are so good would, would, would tune in for our little snappy rapport. Yeah, so if you have a... Uh, a, a tune that you would like to hear played at the end of a You'll Hear It episode, you can send your MP3 to Andrew at OpenStudioNetwork.com. Is that right, Andrew? That's Andrew <laughs> at OpenStudioNetwork.com. Now, did you? it has to be an MP3. Do we really have to go back to 1997? Couldn't it be like an M4A or a, a WAV file? Or No? It's uh, it could be a WAV file, but you're going to waste just wasting the space. Okay. Because right. we're going to put it up as an MP3. Got it. But that's still a standard delivery device for audio. Standard delivery oh, device. Come on. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Jeez, babe. Um, we've got some, we actually had some nice little reviews lately, but we're going to wait. 